It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. This episode includes detailed storytelling and tape from the Grenfell Tower fire and may be inappropriate for some listeners. Three years on, you think it gets easier, but it doesn't. Um, just sometimes gets harder. My name is Nabil Shuker. I live in London, and I lost six family members in Grenfell Tower. Uh, first, I got a call from my sister, and I didn't even know that she had called because I was like half gone half asleep then I got a call from my other sister who told me that there was a fire in uh, Grenfell Tower and uh, I didn't believe her I just didn't believe her I thought it was like a joke but when I looked onto the TV I could see that tower burning beneath a still moon a blaze of such ferocity it is almost filmic a vision as near to hell as could be imagined as the flames soar through 24 floors, engulfing all in their path. The warnings this building was a fire trap apparently went unheard, but it was impossible to miss the screams of those begging to be saved from it. So blaze, blaze, the whole tower was a blaze. Yeah, hello, hi, in the fire, flat 16 Greenfield Tower. So are you fire where? Uh, flat, flat 16 Greenfield Tower. In the fridge. Right, hang on. Flat, flat 16 Greenfield Tower. The fire brigade are on their way. Are you outside? Yeah, yeah, yeah I'm outside. Right, okay. Quick, 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 quick. They're on their You're way burning. already. Yes, I know it's burning, but they are on their way. You've only just called, as long as you're okay. As the debris yes. began to fall, those trapped on upper floors 
were told to stay inside their flat. Okay, I don't open the front door. You're going to bring the smoke in. Okay. You're not going to be able to breathe. Your I'm children scared. Maybe someone outside? They're in the other flat. Are you sure? They've gone into the... But their fear of being lost in the flames sent them to the windows. Open the window! Open the window! Silhouettes of desperate men, women and children battling for the last to escape, trying to remind people that they were still there. Oh my God, they're screaming! All right, so the fire people now are targeting the actual fire where the people are. And everybody here is now feeling happy. People are clapping. Because where the people are, are directing the fire fighters where to hit the fire. So they're hitting those windows. I um, kind of like screamed to my wife and told her that there, there, there was a fire in Grenfell Tower. Shortly before one o'clock on Wednesday morning, an inferno broke out in a tower block in West London. I told her, you know, keep phoning uh, my brother-in-law, her brother, you know, uh, my mum and my sister, keep phoning, try and see if you get and tell them to get out of the building. And I told her that I'm going to drive down there. I had to drive down there, see if I could get down there and rescue them. Told my brother to meet me there, you know, at the tower, and uh, we'll try and get them out. That person in that window, can you see another person in that window? They are stuck, man. There are people stuck in there. We need to try to get a ladder or something. How are they going to get these people out of there, man? This is the question, innit? I arrived around three-ish. It was a blaze. It was like a big infernal tower on fire. It was all fire, 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 fire. I wonder if they could get an inflatable, one of those inflatable things that people jump down on. They've done that already. They've done that already? Have people been jumping out? Mm. They have. My mother, my mother was there. Um, my sister, uh, my brother-in-law, and my three nieces, his three kids. So I told my brother, you try and go that end, I'll go this round, this end, and we'll see, you know, going around the whole building to try and see if we could find a way to get in. But every end and every corner was cordoned off and uh, there was police patrols and they were stopping people from going in. But the firefighters were already facing an impossible task. Their ladders and hoses could only reach the 12th floor. In less than 20 minutes, the inferno was blazing on all stories. We tried, we spent the, the hours, hours trying to go everywhere and try to do everything to get in and get around and it was virtually impossible. And I tried to call them several times, all the time, every time. My mother's number, my sister's number, my brother-in-law's number. Everyone's number, tried calling them. 
and it was just ringing and ringing and nobody was answering. Until it stopped ringing and it went to voicemail. And that was it, basically. The break of day did nothing to ease the horror of the night. Some people had managed to survive inside for hours, their shouts and waves for help finally heeded. Those who were able to escape fell into nearby streets, barely able to comprehend what they'd just gone through and what others were still going through. The smoke which logged their homes logged their lungs, leaving many struggling to breathe. Church bells toll for the 72 victims of the Grenfell Tower fire disaster in West London. My sister, my mother, both of them had complained about problems in the house. They complained about a lot of electrical problems. The whole circuit had gone before in my sister's house, blew up her fridge and damaged a lot of other items as well. It was very hard to get them to do something, the repair, you know. They always reported issues. The Prime Minister has finally announced a full public inquiry. We need to know what happened. We need to know, have an explanation of this. We owe that to the families, to the people who have lost loved ones, friends and the homes in which they lived. An inquiry has shown this tragedy could have been prevented. Why are tens of thousands of people living in social housing that is fatally dangerous? Because when you look at the cladding, you know, for the sake of saving two, three hundred thousand, they put uh, the most flammable cladding on, on that tower. The pace of reform has also been slow at ensuring this can't happen again. As many as 2,000 buildings are said still to bear the flammable cladding that allowed the Grenfell flames to whip up the side of the building and rage out of control, with as many as 56,000 building residents living at daily risk. They've waited more than two years for this. And today, the second phase of the Grenfell Tower inquiry finally opened, revealing none of the companies involved in refurbishing the tower have accepted responsibility. It was many people, working class people, everyday people classified as BAM, black, Asian, minority, um, ethnic origin, working in a society, earning hard money, and but treated so unfairly, you know, because of who they are, what they are, yet they're exactly the same people as any other people. You know, God help those innocent, lovable, careable, innocent souls that lost their lives. The tragedy is 72 people lost their lives. You, you just cannot ignore the elephant in the room. Both their relatives and those who survived simply want the truth, and they hope this public inquiry will finally uncover it. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to today's hearing. 
In a moment, we're going to hear further evidence from one of the witnesses from Exova, but before we do that, uh, we're going to hear some submissions from Mr. Leslie Thomas, Queen's Counsel, who appears for a number of the uh, core participants. Yes, Mr. Thomas. I'm Professor Leslie Thomas. I'm a barrister, or as we say in the UK, I'm a Queen's Counsel, and I'm a civil rights specialist with a particular specialism in wrongful death cases. Um, in the UK, we've got a system whereby we investigate such deaths in public inquiries. So that's what we've budgeted for. Yeah. Well, if one really wishes to know how justice is administered in a country, one doesn't question the policemen, the lawyers, the judges, or the protected members of the middle classes. One goes to the unprotected. Those That's one of our ways of trying to get to the truth in cases where the state may have had some responsibility for the death. Grenfell happened in the early summer. It was a little time afterwards. I was approached by a group of lawyers who all were representing various family members or displaced residents, victims who had lost loved ones in the, in, in the fire, and they wanted to know whether or not this was a case that interested me. Ask any black man, any poor person, ask the wretched how they fear in the halls of justice, and then you will know whether or not a country is just. That's James Baldwin. When I, when I came to the law, um, I came from a family background which was very working class. My, you know, my parents are from the Caribbean, part of a group of African and Caribbean people who came to the UK in the 50s and 60s as part of the effort to rebuild the United Kingdom after the war. My parents moved to West London when they first came to the UK. And I was born in the shadow, literally the shadow of where Grenfell Towers was to be built in West London, um, in Ladbrook Grove. A, a block of apartments like Grenfell could well have been the place where I grew up because I'm somebody who grew up in social housing of the type similar to um, Grenfell. I, I say young man, young boy really. I was. I remember my first encounters with the police. I was about you know, 14 years old on my way, from, way home from school in school uniform. I was stopped, searched completely unjustly by you know several police officers. And this is an, this is an experience that's not you know, unique to me. It's an experience that's common. You know, being a young African-Caribbean male in the UK, I've seen a lot of injustice against black people. The Grenfell fire did not happen in a vacuum, and we must be cognizant of the prevailing socio, economic and political realities of the time. This was not simply a local tragedy for West London. It had and has national and global ramifications. 
those who are affected come from culturally, racially, ethnically, religiously and an economically diverse group. There were people from Afghanistan, uh, Egypt, Iran, um, Lebanon, Morocco, Sudan, Syria. There were people from East Africa. There were people from West Africa. There were people from Bangladesh. There were people from the Caribbean. This disaster happened within a pocket of one of the smallest yet richest boroughs in London and one of the richest cities in the world. And yet, the community affected was predominantly working class. That is the stark reality. That cannot be ignored. The impact of race and poverty... The elephant in the room is, why is it that so many people of colour died in Grenfell? They're forgotten, you know? It's, it's shameful and it's really upsetting. I don't believe I have a whole load to say that hasn't already been said. But I just want to remind us, this tragedy was not an accident in any meaningful sense. It was a product of a philosophy that says some lives have value and others do not. A product of a philosophy that says that people that live in social housing apparently should not even be able to sleep safely in their beds. A product of a philosophy of malign neglect. A product of a philosophy that suddenly has a magic money tree whenever it's time to bomb some country somewhere around the world but does not have basic money for people living in social housing on their own doorsteps. It was a product of a philosophy that tries to cut every single corner available down here but can find 18 George Floyd, what else do the circumstances of his death have in common with Grenfell? Well, George Floyd's last words were, I can't breathe. These were a chilling reminder of the experiences survivors and sadly were some of the last words of those who died in this tragedy. A 999 call at 02.15 and 7 seconds from someone on the 12th floor reported seeing fireballs and said, we can't breathe. Why, why should these people have to come to us? Why can't the council provide all this aid for them? Why isn't there a liaison officer going to their houses or finding where they are and communicating with them and saying, no, we will look after you, you're our resident, we are going to support you. No, where are these people? He couldn't talk to the operator because he was struggling to breathe. Could we please calm down? She herself became progressively unresponsive. Her final words were, I can't breathe, I can't breathe no more. Why? Why? Have you not learnt your lesson? Have you not seen what happened? Is not 72 people's lives mean anything to you? It's exactly what you're saying, you know, could have easily been fixed, but what it was, 
and this is a lot of the problem you'll find. We are a number, and we will always be a number. And money means more than your number. You know, we just don't want it to ever happen again anywhere else, ever. Source material is a multimedia project. Go to Vice's YouTube page to see our source material video series, directed by Ian Bell. Source material is primarily made with the help of those who lived these events. The podcast is produced by Nicole Kelly and Peter Langstanton and edited by Kate Osborne. Our associate producer is Stephanie Brown. Original score and sound design by Steve Bone and Kyle Murdoch. Janet Lee is senior production manager for Vice Audio. If you dig this, please subscribe, share, and leave a review. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.